You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. This week's edition of Tom's Talks features 76ers guard small forward Matisse Thibel. Among the league leaders in steals, deflections, and for his position blocks, Thibel's numbers are amazing for a second-year player. Furthermore, his overall defense is rare in an era chock full of so many offensive talents. Off the court, his video diaries or vlogs captured the attention of a wide swath of America during the NBA bubble last summer in Orlando. He's an incredibly well-rounded and likable 76ers player. And here's my conversation with Matisse Thibel. Welcome to another edition of Tom's Talks, and we're joined by Sixers guard forward Matisse Thibel. Matisse, thank you so much for doing this. I totally appreciate it. And for you guys to go home after Boston, have a little break in the road trip, must feel good. Yeah, it's been nice. It's been, it's been a tough stretch. We've had uh, that long West Coast trip, and then to come back and then get right back on the road. Any days we can get in Philly are good days. For you, like, what, I mean, this pandemic has been tough on all kinds of people, including all of us. But when you think back on your first two years, years from now, you're going to go, whoa, that was a lot in terms of the disrupted season. Yes, last year, and then everything that's involved in this year, two coaches, been a lot of change. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like, I'm, like you said, I'm going to look back on these years and just being a part of them, it's like I, I've yet to experience a normal NBA season. I, at the end of the season, I'll have been two years in, and it's like I, I haven't played a normal 82 games yet. And, I mean, I'm taking it as they come, rolling with the punches, but I'm excited for things to get back to normal so I can see what the NBA is supposed to be like. But to be winning and to be in the position you guys are in makes it a little bit easier, I would think, right? Winning makes everything better. Your season has been great. Um, just it's amazing. Like even that game against Boston with Joel, I mean, you were you guys were so tired Sunday and understandably so had a, a little bit of a blip there. Mm-hmm. But then two days later to have your MVP candidate and just see what the possibilities are is just it's uplifting, is it not? Yeah, I mean, 
I think the stretch that the road trip we went on without him and then last game just show how versatile we are as a team and how talented we are as individuals but as a collective. And with all of us healthy and everyone well rested, I think it's going to be it's going to be hard for a lot of teams to match up with us. And especially on defense, which obviously you play, play a big part. But as a player, you know, and certainly early in the game, you were watching from the sideline. Like what I think people don't understand, they talk about Joel with rim protection. But and you know this from going up against big players like a Jokic or whomever. But their path to the basket veers off or they pull up a dribble sooner. His impact is way more than blocking shots. I mean, it's literally paint protection. Talk about that. Yeah, that, that's that's one of those things that you have to really have an eye for basketball or to, to really know the game to see it. But as, as players, it's – and for me specifically being a defender, when I'm playing with Joe and when I'm not, it's almost night and day just because of the, the impact he has on the ball handler. Because guys – and you build up a reputation in this league and these things stick. And, and Joe has a reputation of being a rim protector, so guys are scared. Guys don't want to go up against him. Guys defer a lot of the times when they get downhill. So then it gives guards like me a chance to get back in front or get like my rear view contest. When guys pull, try to pull up at the nail and I can get those blocks, it's he takes he takes the ball handlers out of their comfort zone and it makes a lot of opportunities for guys like me to make more plays. Do you then press out maybe a little bit more defensively, knowing that you have a insurance policy back there where maybe you would sag just a hair just to if you didn't have them back there yeah I think we saw that um we saw that last game just with how how intense we were on the ball the ball pressure as it picked up throughout the game because we we kind of remembered what it was like to have Joe back and and to realize that we have that that force back there that the line of defense guarding the rim so we could get into the ball handlers and and that trickles down through through everything defensively if you make it hard for the ball handler guys got to work hard to get open shots aren't coming on time and it just throws everyone out of sync speaking of reputations have you found in your second year now that you have this you know league-wide reputation and with the officials that things and you still I know get some calls against you but where that's kind of carried a little bit more weight for you both as as a player with the opponents and with the referees yeah I, I will say I'm pleasantly surprised with how quickly it kind of came on but I think the the team, like my teammates, have done a great job of building me up uh, as being a defender, and then just for me to live up to the standard that they've set for me has kind of allowed this reputation to build from other players to the referees. And it's it's been nice to get the respect, but also with that comes a, a greater challenge of having to prove it night in and night out. Because now I'm tasked with guarding some of the best players on the other team, and it's it's their job every night to make sure whoever's guarding them can't stop them. So it's it's a challenge and I'm excited about it. I welcome it every game, but no, I'm definitely excited about where I'm at in year two and just what comes for the future. How much of the film work where you guys are sitting down with the coaches or you personally, where you're going over the tendencies of the opposing players, do you actually see that? Do you see the translation in the game? You're like, oh, he always rejects the screen, this guy. I know how this works with this fellow. Does it come to fruition like that? Yeah, we, um, we we actually do a really good job with film. And Doc pulled me aside early in the season and just told me that tendencies, like you said, were going to be something that would set me apart this year and come playoffs is what really allows you to lock guys down. And, I mean, before games, uh, we we watch film and it's like if, if you see it at a home game, if you're there early enough, you can see us. We all go sit down 
and sometimes it'd be groups of us where we watch we watch the film and one of the uh, video coordinators, DMAC, he we call we basically like we're going to class. We call it our two credit class of defense. And we go sit down and he's breaking down guys' tendencies and he also breaks it down like player by player. So like for me, I'm gonna be guarding a lot of guards, people coming off of uh, pin downs and DHOs and ball screens and knowing tendencies in those situations would be different from like a uh, Tobias or Mike Scott who are going to be guarding the guys in the screens. And the way they break it down for us really allows you to just have the most success possible. When we were younger players, me, you know, you were taught not to reach and the whole thing on the playground, you reach, I teach all that. But your reaching is really kind of like a poke away. It's almost like a precision. So one, A, you don't want to get beat where you're in that position where you're behind the guy. Yeah. But you're pretty adept at poking that ball without getting called for the foul because you're not reaching across his body. You're just making one last little effort. And oftentimes that poke away goes to Danny or Ben or whomever. Talk about that for a moment. (laughs) I'll talk about it, but I know that anybody, any basketball coach or parent who's listening to this is going to hate it. Um, because I mean, growing up, this is this is a play I've made and I've been doing since I was a kid. Just for whatever reason, I had a natural instinct for it, and every coach I've ever played for has hated it. And I mean, even at this level, they don't like it. And you kind of have to make exceptions. And this this goes for defense and offense. But guys who take bad shots and make them, you kind of got to live with it. Guys who like me when I make that reach and get the steal, you kind of got to live with it. And that's a risk that I take. And it's like a calculated risk I try to monitoring games is just not taking too many but it's yeah it's not not a position you necessarily want to put yourself in but for some for whatever reason when I, I find myself in I've been able to get my hands on enough and you've even seen it through Ben and Danny I've been getting a lot of them recently and it's just been fun and it, it's it sucks as an offensive player just have the ball just poked away from you like that and we're immediately in a fast break it's yeah it's deflating for me. Last thought, but to try to sum it all up, the recipe that makes you a great defender, your, your length, you have a huge wingspan, your athleticism, your intuition, and the want. A lot of people don't want to play. It's, it's tough. It's gritty. Yeah. All of those things. But what say you? What makes you a great defender? I think, and, and you said it, but I've always said I, I just care. I want to play defense. I put in the effort to play defense. And I think you – I mean – You've seen, and then this is not a knock on Tobias, but he's he hasn't really been a defender throughout his career. But I say within these last two years that I've been with him, like you've seen the growth in Tobias as a defender, where we've we've put him on other guys' best players. We've we've watched him shut down Julius Randle. We've watched him last night shut down Jalen Brown. And for him, Tobias is he's been six nine and athletic and long for most of his career, but he's developed this desire. And I think it's part of just the culture that we've um, created here and that Doc's created here at the Sixers. And, and that's just defense. And the more people get bought in, I think it's going to be more surprising, the more great defenders that we have, because at the end of the day, we all have what it takes physically to do it. And they've got what it takes for us to do it mentally. And it's just within us to just want to put the effort into it. Well said. Speaking of Tobias, he's your friend. He, he took you under his wing. Yeah. as a rookie player. Part of what Coach Rivers is trying to preach to you guys is, you know, the shared sacrifice, the camaraderie, what it takes to be a successful team. And part of that is reveling in the success of your teammates. Well, I don't think it takes a lot for you to enjoy the play of your friend, your teammate, Tobias Harris, having an incredible season. It, yeah. it has to bring you and your teammates great joy to watch him and how he's excelling right now. Absolutely. And 
I mean, and like I just said, it's both ends. Just watching him do it on both ends at such a high level. And it's so cool to be able to know you can count on someone as consistently as he's he's played. It's just when it comes down to crunch time or when it's things get slow and we just know to run his play and get into a spot and we got a better than what feels like a 50-50 chance that he's going to score. Right? The odds, I feel like when, when Tobias has a ball in his hand, the odds are always in our favor that something good is going to happen. And, yeah, as, as his friend, as a fan, like watching Tobias this season has been so fun. And then being able to play with him is, just makes it even better. And I would imagine you guys have learned a lot from each other. He's a little bit older, whether you guys are going over books or going to a bookstore. And then to take it even a level, level further for everything we're going through as a country, but specifically last summer um, with the marches and the, the efforts in the area of social justice, to, to when you were there, but to watch your friend be a leader and show it and be out there, that had to be special and pretty cool. No, it's great. I mean, he... He's influenced me to grow in a lot of those areas where he's really devoted and interested in. And like the march that you saw us at, he texted me and was like, hey, let's go. I was like, I'll be there. And he's for me, he's been like a big brother and the greatest role model and big brother you could ask for. And just being able to have him as someone you can talk to. Like he's I mean, now Tobias, me and him talk about philosophical things. We will discuss lectures from Alan Watts and like reading things and it's, it's just been, it's been cool to see him growing. And I think this is kind of just been a narrative of he's just been growing immensely as a human being and to be a, a friend watching it, a part of it has been great. And it just makes me more and more excited to see what he has in the future. Hopefully more goldfish commercials. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Those are so funny. Yeah. Um, that's another great relationship. Let's turn if we could to your vlogging. Your, your video diaries, the YouTubes, and obviously like photography and, and using the camera was a hobby for you. Yeah. But it went, you know, viral in the literal sense. It went national. It was crazy. People yeah. love seeing the inside stuff. Yeah. And you have a, you're a very likable person and a great personality. And, you know, even as we watched you go through the gift bag in Orlando and you're like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. People just really wrapped their arms around that and it exploded. Tell me yeah. a little bit more. Um, I think for me, it was just kind of, it was good timing. And like you said, everyone wants to see the inside and the bubble was one of the most like closed off situations that we've seen in sports. And for me to be able to give people a glimpse, I think part of me wants to think that I did a good job, but the other part of me has to acknowledge that people were going to watch regardless just because they wanted to know what was going on. Um, yeah, I, I go on Twitter occasionally and every, I always see people tweeting like, are you going to start vlogging or making videos again? And you said it, but it, for me, it started as a hobby and it got to a point in the bubble where I was like, this feels like it's my job. And I was like, I can't lose sight of the fact that I'm here because of my real job and that's to be an NBA player. And so for me, this season has been mostly about finding myself on the court and like devoting myself more so to that. And then when things get more comfortable, if they ever get more comfortable, finding more time to I do my hobbies, make videos, photos, those kinds of things. As you said, other people did it, but you did it better. I mean, you were like really, really <laughs> good at the technical aspects. 
But like when we would get the notification that like Matisse is going to be talking to the LA Times or the New York Times or mm-hmm. Good Morning America, that's the <laughs> definition of blowing up. That had to, and you were that when they brought you back to Philly and I believe it was ESPN, you must, that was a pinch me moment, I would think, right? I mean, I would, I would text my friends or call my friends after like, like my agent would call me and he would be like, so Jimmy Fallon wants you to be on. And I'd be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I would pick up, I hang up, pick up my phone, call my friends, be like, you guys, Jimmy Fallon wants me on the show. Like, I think that it was so hard for me to wrap my mind because <laughs> videos, photography, this stuff I've done like throughout my life, throughout college. Me and my friends did it. We still do it at similar levels. And like, to think that it became something that was so big and so widely enjoyed, it's it's still hard for me to believe. I sometimes go on YouTube and if I see the views on those things, I'm like, wow. It's incredible. Your generation, you know, like the editing and whatnot. My my kids are outside doing dude perfect shots and mm-hmm. editing it. There's one like the dog shot. I'm like, the dog didn't shoot that. <laughs> so it's not that unnatural to be to, you know, with the new medium and social media and whatnot. But like when you went to Sedona and you know, like you're I and I I was in television, so I, I did photography and all that. So I know, but even today, like my kids are like, my son's like, oh, he had to run back and put the camera there. And you get in order to get those walking shots, you know, there's a there's a part of it that is like more than just click and shoot, right? I mean, you have to know a lot more. Yeah, and it, it for me, like this is something I'm pretty passionate about. So I've given a lot of time to learning like the art of making a video, and just I find a lot of joy in the shooting of it and the editing. And yeah, so being able to go out there and like I've been I've been a fan of people who've created in this field for a long time. So trying to emulate my favorites, like these guys, like Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon, or YouTubers that I've loved. And to be able to put my own twist on things I've learned from them has been cool. And it's just, it's nice. It's, I think for other people, it's nice to see an athlete doing things that they're also interested in or things that they also enjoy outside of basketball. Because I mean, all kids, everyone my age and younger, we watch YouTube. Like, that's what we do. And to sort of see an athlete that they like also become a YouTuber like they like, it's like, bring two worlds together that just makes it even better and so as you go back on the road uh, you might end up guarding zion oh my right i mean talk about that and just as you i know you don't get ahead of yourself but different players uh and you might have to check williamson yeah yeah i mean it's every night it's something different like i when we were going to play uh who was it when blake griffin was on the pistons and like I didn't even know I was going to guard Blake Griffin until the game had started. And like you look at you look at some of these physical matchups and you're like, well, how can I gain an advantage in this situation? And in that game, I was able to find one and take advantage of it. And I think going into this next game, I'll probably be a little bit more prepared and just look for those advantages that you can take because even though their guys are great in certain areas, they have everyone has weaknesses you can exploit. And it's just looking for those and also having four other guys on the on the court who can have my back and help me with my weaknesses and let me play to my strengths. It, it, bringing that, that whole picture together is really what makes, makes a defensive team. Lastly, the stretch run is, is really packed. I, I just looked at this week in May. You guys play five games in seven days. So there's a lot to, to go before the playoffs. But what's the ceiling? How can this end with the best possible outcomes for your team, the Philadelphia 76ers? I mean, the way we look at it, there's – I don't think there's any games on our calendar that we mark as potential losses. 
we go into every game expecting to win. And I think at this point, a lot of a lot of people expect it too. And even though these the stretch is brutal, it's not just us. Like as much as we complain about being tired or banged up, these, every team we're playing against is going through the same thing, some worse. And it's just this, it's, it's what's the NBA right now. And like we said at the beginning of this, it's not a normal year and I haven't experienced one yet, but, but this is why we're the pros. We had to be able to adapt and, and be prepared to play at a high level regardless. And I think it's just going to be a mental, a mental game at this point because everyone physically is going to be beat up and whoever can fight through it the best. And I think that we have a pretty good chance of doing that. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you get on your way. We appreciate it, Matisse. Good luck. Thank you. Good talking to you. If you like what you're hearing, consider subscribing to the 76ers Podcast Network feed or giving us a follow wherever you get your pods. And if that happens to be on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a rating. I'm Tom McGinnis. Talk to you down the road. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.